getting split getting split getting split ready getting split ready for my wife god rest her soul oh god i'm so sorry no 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 she's not dead <laughs> we're just divorced unscripted and honest discussions on divorce and separation getting split ready what was i supposed to tell him i divorced you from the show here's your hosts doug katz and mariah pleasant Hello, it's Doug Katz and Mariah Pleasant with another episode of Split Ready. And another great guest tonight, uh, Jim Johnson, founder and president of Heartland Family Mediators, Indiana University graduate, earned charter life underwriter, charter financial consultant, certified divorce financial analyst. It's going to take me forever to go through all your all your uh, accolades <laughs> and, and uh, uh, certified divorced financial planner, member of the National and Indiana Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors, the Academy of Financial Divorce Practitioners. Should we just jump right in? And a great mediator. Please. So today we're going to talk today about mediation. And, you know, I think people think about divorce and they think about that there's really one way to do it. Um, and mediation is really emerging as a, a lot of ways people want to go through because I think it goes much better than contested divorce. What is mediation? Well, I think if we, and thanks, Doug, for asking the question, if, if, if we looked at the Webster definition of it, we might say that it's to intervene in a dispute in order to resolve it. It's really pretty much all that it is. It's one of two commonly used um, approaches that are approved by what we would call the ADR, the Alternative Dispute, dispute Resolution Rules, that's different than litigation. Um, and that would mean non-court um, Another one would be arbitration, which is quite a bit different, but they're of the same kindred. And some people would include in that group also um, collaborative divorce, mm -hmm. uh, but some would not. But each has its benefits, and I'd also say that litigation has some very, very strong benefits. So what is mediation? How is it different than collaborative or uh, arbitration? Well, a collaborative... Uh, at least, now I can only speak about situations that are in Indiana, but um, in a collaborative setting, we have two lawyers that advocate for their client, but they're committed together to resolve whatever issue it is that's before them. And they typically have a mediator that's also involved. And um, by, at least by my experience, and it, it's, it's not that broad, um, collaboration is really important if one of the parties has concern um, just about whether one of the parties is completely on board with telling the whole story. Mediation, on, uh, as another option, only involves really one person as the mediator, and that person tries to bring the people together to come to an agreement together. Mediation can happen also in the litigated setting. It can happen in the collaborative setting, and it can also happen uh, inside uh, a, a regular pro se, which would, in, in essence, it's two Latin words that mean for oneself. And um, so each one of them has their own special benefit. I think by I'm a pro se mediator, so my orientation is towards um, non-litigation, non-involvement of attorneys, and allowing the people to make their own destinies. Now, you, you mentioned that the way that you interface with the client is when they don't necessarily want to use attorneys. How is a mediator different than an attorney, even if they are one? I know a lot of attorneys are mediators, but how is it different? 
Well, if an attorney, in, again, this is in, in Indiana, if an, if an attorney is operating as, an, as a mediator, and I'm a financial advisor by training, but if, if a mediator is an attorney or a financial advisor, they are the same in that setting. They're unable to advocate for the person. They're neutrals in terms of whether or not uh, they want to lead a client one way or the other because the client is actually the parties. That's a plural. It's not just one of the parties. And so they, the mediator works together to try to bring together those people into coming to a common interest. How did you end up in mediation? You were originally a financial advisor, you said. How did you end up pursuing or being active in mediation? All right, that's a long story. But, All right, give us uh, the shorter I'll, I'll try version. to give you the short <laughs> version. I went to a seminar as a financial advisor wanting to do a divorce financial planning. I saw a session where they, they talked about mediation, and they said some of the progressive states allow financial advisors to be divorce mediators, and one of them was Indiana. I didn't even know it. Indiana's lived, a progressive state? It, and that, that, <laughs> that would be one of the only things about Indiana. Uh, but we handle divorce from the beginning to the very end, the same way an attorney does. Very interesting. What is the benefit to someone to do pro se mediation, or who is it well-suited towards? I think there have to be people who are generally in sync with one another in terms of what their objectives are. Uh, there are some risks to it, which we'll get to probably later, but um, if they aren't on the same page generally, it's very, very difficult to do pro se mediation. Um, the, the, and the most difficult thing is there can be dysfunction in the relationship that the mediator is not aware of, and one person could be manipulating the other, and the only person that can fix that thing is an attorney in a litigated divorce. How do you stay neutral? You know, obviously mediation comes from, again, you mentioned Latin words, right? I'm assuming that there's probably some Latin in there in media, you know, in the middle. How do you stay neutral when you're dealing with two people? And how do you, can, how do you help them understand that you're neutral without them thinking that you're helping one or the other? Well, you speak the words to them and tell them that you're neutral. But, Doug, it's hard. Um, sometimes, I mean, you know, I, I've done hundreds and hundreds of divorces. And when I talk to people, you know, sometimes it's same stuff, different day. And you get a temptation to want to put your thumb on the scale. And the only way you can fight it is to rely on your ethics and do the right thing. Now, occasionally, I'll bring something into the fore that will allow both parties to recognize something. And then... It's a beautiful thing to watch them in a mediated setting together somehow synthesize that to do something greater. And it's, it's really satisfying for me personally. If I'm thinking about mediation as an option, how would I best prepare for that? I think you need a coach. Um, I think that if you're not ready for, to go into the mediated setting, you're either, you're either financially handicapped or you're uh, handicapped in terms of what the legal system affords in Indiana, and you need to know those things going in. Um, as a mediator, we can provide information, and this is true whether or not you're a lawyer or a mediator. We can, the lawyer can provide legal information. I can provide legal information, but I cannot provide legal advice, nor can the lawyer provide legal advice. When they're wearing the mediator hat. When they're wearing a mediator hat, thank you. Uh, but... If the, if the client doesn't ask the question, 
it's it's difficult to volunteer because you don't want to put your finger on the scale and it's a challenge but you need to if you talk to a coach or you talk to a, a therapist or something like that it can be very very valuable why do you do what you do you've got a passion for it and we've been blessed with a lot of great <laughs> guests who really have a passion for what they do and, and it comes out talking to you why do you love mediating Doug, I went through a divorce a long time ago. Did it the wrong way. Uh, went through the litigated process, and uh, it really, I mean, it turned out great for me. Uh, 35 years ago, I got custody of two children under seven. That should speak volumes. Uh, but there was somebody on the other end of that transaction. And I guess if somebody laid me on a couch and said at $350 an hour, why do you do this? I'd say it's probably atonement. I don't want anybody else to go through this, period. And so I do as much as I can to help people not do that. Wow. That's and that's happy. peace. That's what it's about. It's about peace. All right, I'm sold. So how do I find a mediator? Well, I think uh, referrals are a very important aspect. Um, one of the things that's very peculiar, when I first started in, in divorce mediation, I thought people would refer me like they did in my financial planning business. But people don't talk about their divorce that much with other people, especially in the aftermath. So um, I think you can look on the Internet and look at some key words about peaceful divorce or things of that nature and find people and then call them and listen to what they say. And then maybe have a complimentary interview with them and find out what their orientation is. And I think maybe most importantly is if they have a website to look at the testimonials that their clients give them. And if you've got a good mediator, there will be a testimonial that will resonate with you. That is me. And once that happens, I get the second call. Got it. You did touch on it earlier that there could be disadvantages to going through mediation. What are those? Well, um, I think the most significant disadvantage has to do with the benefit of litigation. The, and these two things kind of work together. You get the freedom in mediation to do whatever it is that you want. In fact, courts will do things that go beyond whatever the statutes say, just out of respect for self-determination. But if there's dysfunction in the relationship, and an experienced mediator will try to recognize that and do what they can to balance the, the power situation. Only a litigator can defend a person from being taken advantage of. Now, there may be some aftermath of that that's negative, but I think that those people that need that litigation protection, at least in our experience, is very small. But, but really, only a lawyer can protect someone who who isn't prepared is there a point where you throw in the towel like where you're trying to help people get to that best alternative and they just can't like is it does it ever not work out sure uh not very often um but I, I would say that you have to keep trying and um our focus it, it particularly if they're children is that we unabashedly and unapologetically focus on their children. And one of the things I say to almost every uh, uh, client is, we care about you as parents, but not that much. <laughs> we care about your children. 
and we have uh, two principles that we live by. And the second one is bifurcated into two things, but I'll tell you them. One of them is if mom and dad agree on one thing, they will agree on anything. If that one thing is how they want their babies to look when they're 30 years old, emotionally, spiritually, and in their capacity to have fulfilling relationships with other people. And if mom and dad agree on that, then all I do as a financial advisor mediator is align their economic resources to get to that end. That's fantastic. The second principle is that when your baby's heads, and we believe babies are babies until they're 30 years old, until their heads hit the pillow at night, we believe that only two thoughts should come into their heads. One is, mommy and daddy love me. Always they'll love me. And there's nothing I did that caused this. And the second thing, and it's whimsical, but it's deadly serious. Oh, mommy and daddy just have two different addresses. And that's the only depth to which mommy and daddy should ever involve their children in a divorce situation. And that goes up to age 30. This is stuff that children just don't need to know about mommy. Well, and it's such a different than, you know, 20, you mentioned when you're divorced. I'm <clears throat> sure that's so different than. It's very different. Than, than how it was decades ago. Right. You know, there's always a question of cost, right? People look at it and they, they, they look at divorce and it's, it's interesting, right? They spend so much money getting married and then they try and lowball the divorce and there's a question of cost and value what what is the does is there any cost savings in we know the value now is there any cost savings in mediation again i can only speak to things that in in my own state but uh, we find that our expenses are approximately one-tenth of a litigated divorce really well let me break it down to you in numbers okay uh, my average ticket would be fourteen hundred to eighteen hundred dollars that's the range all in court expenses included wow a lot of people are going to be moving to Indiana after this uh, podcast. No. <laughs> they may want to think about that for other reasons. Yeah, I know. There's other reasons we talked yeah. about earlier. Yeah, uh, but there, there, there's other soft reasons. Um, because of our, our interest in peace, and we fashion ourselves as peacemakers, we believe that, that this is the way to do it. And we have our clients hug us afterwards, and we get testimonials that, that make me cry. It's unbelievable. A testimony after divorce, amazing thing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I think that bringing this, this you know, information to, to listeners is fantastic. And thank you so much for joining us. Um, as always, you can catch our podcast where you get your podcast. Also check out our YouTube channel. And if you or someone you know is considering or going through a divorce, please go to www.splitready.com. Take our assessment and find out if you are split ready. Remember, you can get through your divorce with your finances, your integrity, and hopefully some of your sanity intact. And we really appreciate you joining us and listening to the Getting Split Ready podcast. Thank you.